we're back. Map to Africa. So today we're speaking to Helian Miller. Um, I must uh, confess that uh, you and my wife, Anneli, are cousins. And um, I've sidetracked you because you went to the mountains this morning to <laughs> look for snow. And uh, on your way kind of home, I sidetracked you and asked you to do a podcast with me. So I apologize for hijacking uh, hijacking your, your afternoon. I was kind of on my way to my bed. Those of you listening, uh, Helian, you're a, a doctor. Yes. Yes. Okay. Everyone knows what doctors do, but you're currently a almost not a part-time doctor, but you were roped in for a three-month contract. Yeah. So um, I have a three-month contract at a field hospital in Kalicha. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, just assisting the Kalicha district hospital with the COVID overflow. I see. Um, yeah. So it's until end of August. Mm -hmm. But it seems like we're kind of over the the bump now in terms of COVID, specifically in Kalicha. Okay, yeah. well, that's fantastic to hear. You 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 mentioned that your your hospital has a capacity of how many? Um, beds? so it's sixty beds, but we actually never filled up to okay. sixty. We went to around fifty, and then things went. I want to say downhill, but that sounds like things went got worse. Got yeah, worse. Yeah. It got better. We okay. got less patients. <laughs> and uh, there, there is a trend to why I actually wanted to speak to you because I've I've traveled a little bit um, previously and and through Southeast Asia and understand how sort of fantastic it is and you know I've I've had a lot of friends, including yourself and your partner Mariel, that that returned uh, from from short. Uh, sort of plans to travel internationally. Yeah. You guys were doing a trip through Vietnam. Yeah, so actually we were planning to take almost the whole year off, mm -hmm. 2020. That was supposed to be the year. <laughs> um, but so we started off in Vietnam, um, kind of wanted to do a bit of Southeast Asia and then um, in what would that have been? Like is it spring now go to um, Nepal and then oh, India from there mm -hmm. so it was actually a whole big trip that I didn't happen but yeah mm -hmm. so we only um, ended up only doing Vietnam so we basically cycled from don't say basically because you guys cycled a huge amount of <laughs> So we, we, yeah, it wasn't a small trip. Okay, so we cycled um, from Hanoi to Ho Chi Minh City. Wow, yeah. okay. It's, it's called a Highway Pass, eh? Uh, it's it's or like, of it is yeah, yeah. It's okay. like in the middle, basically, the Highway awesome. Pass. Um, yeah, so I'm very happy we actually got to finish that hmm. whole trip before Corona kind of pushed us home. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and what kind of distances did you cover? Um... So mostly, I would say 80 to 150 k's a day. Right. Um, most days around 110 to 120. Um, and then depending um, where we wanted to go a little bit less. We started off with like 60, but then... As you progress, yeah, you get fitter. Yeah. The first day, 60 felt like a million miles. <laughs> <laughs> you're also sorting out your gear and getting comfortable with your bikes. Yeah. Because you bought the bikes there, I assume. Yeah, we bought the bikes. We spent like, I think, two or three days like kind of shopping around. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of... We kind of had to decide between buying like a cheap... Um, 
Chinese mountain bike, a new mountain bike, or like a second-hand road bike. I see. Um, and we knew the roads weren't only going to be tar and straightforward, mm. but at the end of the day, the the road bikes kind of won out <laughs> because the quality of those Chinese bikes are a bit yes, I don't I've, know, I've doubtful. Heard, <laughs> I've heard you, you shouldn't really rely on and trust that everything's going to because no. I mean, even even just buying the tubes. I had a. I read a, a blog post from uh, two friends of mine, Jana and someone, but I, I, I say her name because I, she's a occupational therapist. Either you know or Hanley knows her. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not I think sure. Hanley knows yeah. her. Um, but they, her and her husband uh, cycled through Lesotho. Yeah. And they could often only find tubes, like Chinese manufactured yeah. tubes, and they just wouldn't last and... They just puncture all the time yeah. and you have to keep replacing yeah. them and stuff like that. So exactly the same experience. A secondhand kind of rally or something that you can uh, build up that even though it's old, as long as the, the gears yeah. work okay, yeah. you'll be alright. So Yeah, so the bikes we ended up um, buying was, I can't remember the name now, but it was some kind of Japanese touring bike. Um, okay. With... No, 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 that's Swedish. Yeah, Don't no. you look like a Swedish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, um, but it had seven gears basically. Um, okay. And yeah, it didn't really give us any problems except for the tubes because our tubes, I think, after maybe two or three weeks, I had a puncture and then we bought new um, tubes and then literally put in a new one, went 5Ks. Puncture, mm. took it out, put in the next one, went 100 meters. It just kind of like disintegrated. <laughs> so that was a disaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, shout out to Johan Janse van Vieren, our ranger. Um, we want to do a trip from uh, from here to uh, Limpopo and then peak all the highest mountains as well. So cycle through each province and then the highest mountain in each of those yeah. provinces do that. Uh, that would be amazing. I'm really looking forward to it uh, when it ever or if it ever materializes. Um, I'm trying to pressure him into doing it sooner than, than later because, you know, now as soon as interprovincial travel opens up again, I think they'll they'll uh, it'll be a good opportunity yeah, to do that because we're not as busy. South Africa, I think, is a really good country to cycle mm. through. And you've you've lived in a couple of provinces during what was your I don't know how doc doctors structure their 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 community service year and then you have a practical year or something like that? Yeah, so you study six years, that was at Stellenbosch, mm -hmm. um, and then in that time we do do some kind, like some parts we do go to different places, they're just trying to spread the students around so that mm -hmm. everyone can get some experience, mm -hmm. um, so, but that would be like four weeks in one place. Okay. Um, so I did spend some time like in Muscle Bay and nice. like that. And then after that, you do two years of internship, which is kind of still kind of training, but you do earn a proper salary and mm -hmm. you are working, and but you still need to have supervision and you kind of have to do all the different um, departments like mm -hmm. you have to spend time in surgery and internal medicine and pediatrics and everything um, two-part question yeah what was your favorite department <laughs> <laughs> and then the second part yeah. uh, favorite location that you've actually worked in okay um, so 
favorite. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what's happening now. What's um, so my favorite department in internship, I think, was family medicine and pediatrics. Actually, mm-hmm. um, so family medicine, I think people would understand it if I say it's like GP basically. Okay. So it's more clinics and, but in in internship is mixed with EC work. What's um, work? So, um, like, emergency room kind of. Oh, I see. Okay, um, cool. So, I actually like that because you kind of get a patient, sort them out, they go home. It's mm-hmm. not your problem anymore. Okay. Or you send them to the next department. Okay. And then also part of that was psychiatry. And I actually also enjoy psychiatry. Oh, really? Um, I'll stop talking now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't analyze everything. No, no. I don't know. It's... it's I enjoyed it, but I could see that it's a very frustrating, um, especially in in the state. It's a frustrating um, place to work in. I see. Because, yeah, it's something that gets the government doesn't really pay attention or give any money or resources to it. Which is crazy. I yeah. mean, if if you look now, especially during this sort of current state um, pandemic, how many people actually you read the stats, and I know stats are often you know you take them with a pinch of salt, yeah. but one of the, the drastic increases that, that are very prevalent is, is medical uh, or mental health. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and how that skyrocketed. I mean, I've seen it myself. I, I don't I haven't been to psychiatrists or, or, or psychologists a lot. But yeah. During this time, you know, you cooped up, you're in a house, um, especially in a, in a young relationship. I've been married for three or four years. Yeah. You know, the, the things that weren't problems before, if you don't have an outlet like yeah. the mountains or getting outside, you know, you, you need those people to speak to, to, to share the frustrations and help you cope with uh, other mechanisms. It's a good thing yeah. and a bad thing, I suppose, yeah. but it's crazy that there's, there's not more funding for that no, in, I, yeah. in, in, in public hospitals. No, exactly. And I mean, a lot of people don't have any coping skills or mechanisms. So, mm. yeah, but so I enjoyed that. And in pediatrics, yeah, I don't know. It's... It's nice to work with kids because mostly you get a better outcome or there's mostly a more positive outcome. Okay. I mean, most kids do recover from whatever. They're quite <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, to, to yeah, not always, but you yeah. kind of, yeah. Uh, and the patients you... are cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, I, I've often... Honey worked in, in Lesotho for a while and, and she worked with a lot of, of kids, more malnutrition. Um, yeah. And I don't know how you guys deal with those kinds of environments um, for, for that amount of time. Do you get training during your studies to separate patients, the, the job, and then also, you know, the, the feelings of what you're going through in that environment? A little bit, yes. They do try to kind of... Um, teach you a bit of like life skills um we had like a module or yeah i guess it's a module in fifth year through to six year doctors as agents of change (laughs) so in that they tried to put like all this even like there was, I remember there was even some kind of lecture about like finances like how to manage your personal finances and more things like that mm-hmm. um even uh, <laughs> i'm laughing now because when you're like now i can laugh about it but it's like the worst when you're at varsity <laughs> and you have to do all these assignments about 
what you deem not like important, important. stuff until it is important yeah us, yeah but like one of the things i remember you had to make this big project about setting goals and so you had to physically say um i think there was different categories but now you have to set all these goals and then you have to have a plan for how are you going to reach these goals and then you have to give proof <laughs> of how you reached so if i said um even I, you could say stuff like i want to run a 10k i don't know in 40 minutes mm -hmm. whatever and then submit my race results or something oh, really? like that or like do you know what really irritates me about your family you yeah. like something easy like running a 10k in 40 minutes <laughs> it drives me mad because i need no, that to me all the time no. i'm like i just want to run a 10k and I need an hour. <laughs> no i can't run a thing i've never run a 10k in 40 minutes that Don't would be a good goal me. for me you're, you're you're a much better athlete than you 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 put out to be uh, i've heard you've done some big races before and done fairly well yeah, but yeah. I <laughs> so, I feel like the ones I do well in because there's no one else that no, I actually worked in the But I, I think it's also, um, I, and I'm not speaking for you. I, ho I hope you don't take it that way. But uh -uh. for Hanny, it's you know, there's there's that release from work or personal life or, or or frustrations or you know, just any any sort of release that you need has always been in the outdoors or in the mountains and. A, um, I remember we did a, a race in Lesotho and I, it was embarrassing. Hanley finished and I had uh, listeriosis. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not blaming listeriosis for me finishing far behind her. She's a much better athlete than yeah. I am. But I, I finished uh, after about seven and a half, almost eight hours in the mountains. It was, it was only a 40k, but it was brutal. Um, you climb, there was a lot of uh, climbing and descending and climbing and descending, but it was beautiful. You, you sort of climb up and then when you're on the escarpment, uh, it started snowing and so you, you're running and like you start at 30 degrees, run up and then it snow for about three or four hours and then oh, wow. you drop down again and you're back in the sunshine. It's yeah. fantastic, but it was the Lesotho Ultra Trail. And when I finished, uh, the race director was like, Computer, welcome across the line. Uh, your wife's been waiting for you for the past two hours. Uh, oh. She finished, could you wow. meet her? She's worried about you. It's like, dude, come on, it's my favorite. <laughs> I've just achieved my first 40k and you've made me feel tiny. <laughs> but but um, how how do you use the outdoors as a release and, and kind of, I mean, a lot of people do, but but I've, I've seen and, and obviously spoken to you a lot about, you know, your, your love for the outdoors, but uh, what, what how do you balance that with work and how do you uh, use that as a release, I suppose? I mean... Yeah, so I definitely do that. I don't actually... I guess I have any other way to kind of, I think it just started with, um, I started running like start of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and since then it's just been the way I've been coping with stress and mm. it kind of, yeah, feels like the, that's also, uh, I feel like sometimes it get a bit, it's a bit pathological because sometimes I get stressed out because I'm not. I see. outside yeah. <laughs> so if i'm at my at my house and i can't do something outside I, I, oh it's fomo i don't know but sometimes i feel like that stresses me out actually <laughs> no the, the act of not doing the yeah. thing that's supposed yeah. to be making me feel yeah. better um, yeah no but 
whatever else you want. Um, Before you're a qualified doctor. Yeah, so so you actually, so after internship, you could potentially, you are qualified in a way, you could go to another country and work there. I see. You don't need community service, it's just a South African thing, um, where after, only after that you can work in, in private if you want to. Okay. Um, but it's not a requirement for other countries. Um, so a lot of people leave the country before that. But then it's difficult to return because you always... And you work here because you need yeah, to do that. You owe the country mm. that year. I see. Um, yeah, so that's for community service. I ended up in Paket Berg, oh. um, which yeah, wasn't what I expected. I kind of <laughs> I kind of thought... Because um, you always hear, like, oh, it's difficult to get in the Western Cape. So I kind of thought, okay, um, it would be nice to be in the Eastern Cape, in, like, the Wild Coast, yes. or, like, close to the Drakensberg. Mm. So I put hospitals there on, and then I got to get back, Western Cape, which <laughs> kind which of grew up in, was uh, a little bit disappointing. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you, you take what you get. I really can't complain about that. Mm. Um, but I think... The best place I worked in was definitely Nalsprate. Okay. Um, just in terms of the work and free time balance was really good there. Mm. And I've never been there before I moved up there. So there was a lot of exploring to do, which yes. was really cool. Yeah. Um, I remember doing a trip to Vatswa Boefen and then yeah, you guys joined yeah. us. And my ankle was still broken. And you, <laughs> <laughs> you led all the routes uh, we did. Uh, a route that was supposed to be a 13, but it didn't feel like a 13. Yeah. <laughs> terrifying. And uh, I have a very fond memory of you climbing, and then you were leading the route. I was second, yeah. and you were climbing with people that had never climbed before. Yeah. Uh, Joe and... And Carlo, probably. Carlo, Carlo. Yeah. And um, Carlo got up to me, uh, and he looked into my eyes, and he was terrified. And he's like... <laughs> Helene's hardcore, right? She's so cool. She can climb really, really well, right? She's fine. She'll be okay. And then he looks up to you and, and, and you were kind of, you weren't freaking out or anything, but it was a tricky route, yeah. that, especially that second section. But I remember looking up. That was hilarious in itself. But then you had my moon boot for my broken ankle strapped to your back. And I was like, oh, this is a fond memory and I something remember, I've never forgotten. I, I, was, I was, but now I remember it's where you go. It was like a two pictures yes yeah yeah we were pictures. coming out of that canyon thing. we hiked down yeah. into a canyon yeah. and then uh we we got out i think it was a 13 or 14 but yeah we had i think a party of six or seven people that we had to yeah. pull up yeah. and uh and you and i were the only two that want, could really yeah. lead the route uh so we kind of just shuttled people <laughs> up and down it was an interesting day and and a fond memory for me but i, I love that area as well honey I did a community service here in in close to Lesotho, but we go through to Boerfen maybe three or four times, yeah. um, and it's not that far. It's about a six or seven hour trip, yeah. but, but we love that area. Sorry, I hijacked, and we no, did a, we no. did a second trip where we visited you cycling there, and it's all very yeah yeah. You know. We went um, we went to Mankere as well, 
Is Didn't that... we cycle at Minkele, that mountain bike park outside yes. Alspray? Yes, yeah, that was amazing. And we cycled at Waterwell Boven as well. You cycled yeah, we with the moon boot, I remember I that. With the moon boot, I <laughs> she yeah. Honey had a lot to put up with. She, but she, she actually got a, she got very, very strong at swimming because we would uh, often, we'd go climbing somewhere. I couldn't really climb that much. Um, so we would swim and we would break up our, we'd always go past uh, Stadfontein Dam. Uh, and use that as our sort of stop-off point before yeah. we got home. So we get at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, I put my moon boot on, and then uh, she tie a harness around her waist yeah. and then pull me, and we'd swim like a the k or two yeah. through the dam. And yeah. then she got really, really strong, and we we still managed to get stuff done. Yeah, you broke your ankle recently, well not recently, it, but maybe a year ago. Yeah, or? no. So then it was actually on a trip with you. <laughs> Um, that, so, um, I think it was 2017 we went to the Drakensberg, um, I, yes. I went with Joe to the, so a friend of mine to the Drakensberg, mm -hmm. um, for a few days, um, just did some trail running and hiking. And you then, did Cathedral Peak area, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And Sentinel, I think we did Sentinel. Oh, Sentinel Peak. Or up to the, to Gela, something like that. Yes, okay, and, that's Sentinel Peak, yeah. up to, uh, Chain Ladders. Yeah, to, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then we joined you guys in Golden Gate. That's right. And then we did that. We, we just ran through the felt, basically, and you were throwing trolls. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. There, there, were, there were big uh, dung piles yeah. of Wildebeest. And, and we, we, got, we actually got really close to Wildebeest yeah, and Zebra yeah. and Hartebeest. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was great. I don't know why more people don't run there. Because you yeah. can just kind of... That was a very, very uh, cool run. It I remember was, that fondly. Yeah. We, we did like two or three peaks, and then on the way down, you... Yeah, so so we kind of... You we, were in the front all the time, <laughs> I remember that. And then Andy and I were running at the back. So we were... I remember we we wanted to go on this trail, but we didn't really find it, so we were just doing whatever, and we decided to go up a peak, and mm. then another one, and then when I was running down, um, I kind of slipped on loose rocks, mm -hmm. and... So I slipped downhill and fell and my ankle sprained all at the same time. So Ish. it was a lot of kind of impact. So I I think it's there that so I tore the lateral ligaments of my ankle. Mm -hmm. Um but I didn't really cuz I I I have oh I had similar um Falls kind of injuries before and it did recover. So I, I didn't really think it was more and uh, more of a bigger injury than before <laughs> and i remember at that time my ankle was really painful and you guys <laughs> were like uh, i want to say anna i mean you were like hanging around and i was like this is painful i just want to get to camp so i literally ran as fast as i could home i remember because we were trying to keep up with you and like you but you were way out of here i was just it was just like i, I can't take this anymore i just want to get this over which was probably not <laughs> the best idea no. it's interesting because i'm very clean sierach and that yeah. helps me sometimes because yeah. i blow things out of yeah. proportion and then people help me yeah why do you keep it all in <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I suppose it's just the way that you cope with um, these kinds of things you yeah. internalize and uh, yeah i i always think no there's a worst there's a worse problem like this than this mm. so but so it, it did heal but then from there on out i just started spraining my ankle like 
very regularly. I see. Like if I went on a two-day hike on the second day, like 100 meters from the car, I'll get an ankle sprain. Ah. <laughs> so, and then it's two weeks of resting. Re resting and, and recovery, yeah. And then I started worrying that I might be just messing up my ankle joint. Um, so eventually figured out that it's, that I tore the ligaments two years later when they opened up my ankle. Um, yeah, so got a repair um, and then took, yeah, I think I was in, in um, a cast for two weeks and then moon boot for six weeks. Mm. Um, also yeah. cycling with a moon boot on, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Because yes. everyone gave me nonsense, they're like, you cycling with a moon boot, you can't do it, but you can't just sit still no. and not do anything. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. I mean, maybe for a week while it's still tender yeah, and, yeah. or two weeks while it's still really sore from the yeah. surgery. But after that, you know, you've yeah. got to do something. Yeah, no, you and have to get going. It's not high impact cycling, as long as it's on easy yeah, terrain no. and stuff. As long as you don't fall yes. on that side, I think. Yeah, so not mountain fun. biking, really. Well, you did mountain biking. And I fell a lot. Because <laughs> you can't... But, yeah. Not, yeah. the, not the, the most intelligent thing to do. But I, I think, you know, you use being outdoors as an escape and if you don't get that escape you really struggle so yeah, yeah. Know, i think um uh, probably a lot of people will, will be able to relate Shane, a friend of mine he he does uh unicycling yeah and he just did a small jump i, th I think this is the correct story but yeah. a small little he just went off a little platform on his unicycle and stepped down it and snapped his ankle oh, completely no. and he's just I don't know if he's going to get it fused or, or what, but it yeah. looks, t it's massive. Like, and he's a mountain guide. So, you know, yeah, I don't know why our ankles are designed like this. It's like this tiny little thing. <laughs> in my case, a lot of weight and um, yeah, I don't, they, they seem to be quite fickle, but a lot of balance exercises help. Yeah. Are you strengthening your ankles? Yeah. Now? So recently I've not been doing it that much. <laughs> Especially, it's always difficult when you change jobs and you kind of, kind of adjusting and then kind of strength training and rehab goes out the window yeah. <laughs> and it's easiest just to go out and run. Mm. Um, but yeah, it does help. I think that's the biggest thing is to try and trust your broken or injured ligament ah, limb again. How do you separate sort of the... Because obviously, when you hurt your ankle, if, if a patient came to you and said, yeah. look, this is what I happened, uh, this is how long I've been spraining it, should yeah. I still run? You would, I mean, consult the patient, you'd probably say it's it's better to get it checked out and not run. But you still ran on it. So how do you how do you balance that sort of the no versus the want to do the, the activity? I don't know. I think with yourself, you you don't really... You might know, but it doesn't imply to you. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I don't know if it's the experience that other people have, but it's a lot of things that I supposedly know. But I mean, it's like how many doctors smokes and that, it's that kind of thing. Yes, yeah. You know, and you see people, I don't know, with COPD or dying of lung cancer, but it, yeah. I get it. Yeah, I think I think it's often harder when it's you uh, yeah. experiencing it versus you're telling someone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you if you listened, but we did a podcast on the um, on the Drakensberg Traverse that we did. I'm not there yet. I'm like at the. Okay, I'm not the... pushing you into it. But <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to ask you is, would you ever consider running it? 
I would, but sure, I think there's a lot of planning that needs to go into that mm -hmm. and training. <laughs> training, yes. I think um, just the preparation to, to be able to do, because it's 210 kilometers, but if you do it light, um, I'm thinking of, of trying to rope Willem and Johan into it and then Hanley's not interested in yeah. doing it again. Um, we want to we wanna do maybe a four or five day kind of fast packing, yeah. small packs, uh, maybe one bivy in, in case you don't find a cave. Yeah. And then just planning to sleep over for a couple of hours on caves and then having food drop-offs. Yeah. Um, so yeah. if you're keen. That sounds insane. <laughs> it'll be cool though. Yeah. Uh, in, in a couple of years though. Yeah. I, I don't think we're anywhere close to, well, I'm definitely not fit enough to be able to do something like that. But does that interest you at all? I mean, have you done adventures like that? So, not completely like that, no. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I think maybe uh, it's only one day, but I've done like the Yonkersuk um, marathon. Oh, nice. Um, well, I've had like one failed attempt and okay. <laughs> one full one, mm -hmm. um, which is also quite cool, but I guess you you also kind of have to, but I don't know if it's the same anymore. Because I think recently a lot of people have been doing it, so mm. I think it's easier to just follow the route. The route. Um, but at that time, I sound old now, when I was still studying, <laughs> you supposedly had to like go and scout the whole thing before you do, like the find out the route FKT and attempt. then you mm. do it. Um, yeah. Because didn't Samuel hold the FKT for a yeah, long time? Yeah, I actually that? did it with Samuel. Not that time. Oh, I did right, it with okay. Samuel another time. <laughs> I thought you did it with him. I was like, what? I didn't know that. <laughs> no. Oh. No. Um, we, we were actually four. It was me and Andrew and Samuel and someone else. I can't remember. But they got I sick. I hope they don't listen. Because <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I, this. I don't know. I think it's the first time I met that person. I mean, oh, they, okay. they got sick halfway. So they went down at Bushman's. What? Is it Bushman's neck? I uh, think. On the GT? No, no, on Yonkersuk. Oh, no, 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 I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. Bushman's neck's the end of, of, of the GT, but I, I don't yeah. know Yonkersuk that well. No, I'm gonna... I think it's that, but anyways, hmm. so it's almost like halfway basically. Okay. How far um, is it? Is it a. It's, it's less than. It's around 40k's, I think. Okay, less cool. than 40, but um, it's a lot of climbing and hmm. there's not always a route. It's like. You have to check where the cones are and things like that. Yeah. So it does, I think the record's now like just below eight hours. Oh, really? Yeah. Sure. So it, it... It's very different doing these kinds of things in the Cape versus KwaZulu-Natal in the Drakensberg. The Drakensberg is high. Yeah. And the, the weather plays a big yeah. role. And, and I'm sure the Cape does as well. But it's... it's Off-trail on the Cape is with the Feinbos yeah. and the rugged rocks yeah. and... It's a lot different. So, yeah. so like 40Ks in the Drakensberg versus 40Ks, yeah, are two different things That's altogether. Because yeah. we, we were thinking of doing, we actually planned last year, I'm sorry, Stefan Range, <laughs> uh, we, we pulled out like a week before, but we were going to do the, um, what's this mountain range here? The, the Hex <laughs> River Traverse. And then Hanley got um, glandular fever. Yeah, yeah. And then I got glandular yeah. fever like a week before we were going to start. And so we had to on track from that, but we were planning on doing it in four or five days, I think. And we thought we could do it faster because it's, I think it's about 90 kilometers. Yeah. But then we spoke to a couple of people in the mountain club and like, mm, the terrain is very, very different. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, versus you know uh, KZN or Limpopo. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot easier to run that side because they're often like um, open tracks and like um, animal paths yeah. and, and things like that that you can run on. Yeah, I would. I would say the Drakens big easier, but like Mafumalanga, it depends how high you are. Yes, yeah. like above a certain height, it's grass, but it, below that, it's very vegetative. It's like and... that Lantana and. You like get caught on your ankle. <laughs> it's just a disaster. How yeah. how did you find places to go and adventure in when you were in Polanga? Because there's not a lot of information. Like in the Cape, there's yeah. route guides, and yeah. it's, it's very easy to find like well-known established routes. But especially in Pumalanga and Popo, we went there in December and. You can't find like climbing spots yeah. and, unless you kind of spend time in that area. But if you're just going through quickly yeah, and yeah. you try and look for something, is it more just speaking to locals or how did you find? I would say, uh, yeah, it would be difficult if you're just passing through because yeah. I spent two years there. So you, it's like a process. Yes. You get to know people, they know about the place, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, also a lot of Googling and then um, just... A lot of it was just like seeing a cool so like for example the one um actually you know chris um yes. he had this mission of wanting to like climb over all the free rondovels oh, in nice. the canyon so i mean that's just we couldn't really find any information surely there, there are people that must have done it before but mm. there's no so that's just seeing something and deciding that you want to do that but we, I never got further on our last attempt. On our first attempt, I was on ARVs. And I was like, no, I'm feeling fine. We can go on this hike where you bring the bash for forever. And I was feeling so weak. Every time, like, because it's also a lot of rock, climbing over rocks and there was no path. And, and then I get to like a rock that's maybe the height of my shins. And I'm standing here like, okay, you need to climb on this rock now. And then climb on okay I top that out now I, I need to climb down it was like I was so tired but at that time I was also like no you just like not that tired you just you'll find so goodness was that because when I met Hanley mm. she she was telling me we actually did um, Felix Felix Traverse yeah together yeah and um, she spoke about you uh, you had an accident in the hospital and, and poked yourself with a needle. Yeah. I don't want to downplay it. Yeah. It sounded terrifying, but was that that time? No, what? no. So that was that time you met. I was six year. So I also, I was also in ARVs in my final year exam, which was also <laughs> horrible Gosh. time. Because I remember that time also, I could barely, we had like this before exam, final tat thing. And I couldn't even, so... When you're studying medicine, you have to stand quite a bit. Everything's like standing around someone's bed and you it's like almost showing weakness if you want to sit down. Really? Or, but I mean, there's no way to sit down. There's mm. beds and in Tigerberg, there's like this thing on the wall, like a, a metal thing on the okay. side, like at this height. So we always sat on that, but it's mm. not comfortable. Really, it's like a pipe thing. So. I see. But anyways... So I could barely stand. I, I almost fainted there and I don't know, it was not a good time. I remember I was only eating jelly babies and then <laughs> I puked jelly babies as well. Oh, no. It was like beautiful. Pu 
Oh, the yeah, colors of the rainbow. Definitely not. But I don't know what my point was. Oh no, so that was that was while I was still yeah, but I in an Osprey and not a little brick, so that was like another time I had to take IVs. What, what does it do to your? I mean, I, you don't have to go through the scientific yeah. sort of explanation, but I mean, are you just feeling run down all the time, or? Yeah, so things changed a bit from that. So it's like, so you're usually on three different medications for prophylaxis, but it's the one specific one, and there's actually a, a better replacement for it now. Oh, I see. Um, it's a bit more expensive, but like. Um, medical aids cover it now as okay. prophylaxis and so it's much better now um, but it just makes you really tired nauseous um, kind of weak and so what made you want to go and do the three round bottles I don't know I thought it's that balance of <laughs> a doctor versus an but that, adventurer yeah but so mm. that time we only got to like in front of the first round bottle and then we Kind of, I was, I was just going too slowly. I just couldn't keep it up. So I think Chris kind of noticed. He was like, "Okay, mm -hmm. let's just check it out and then come back another time." This is Chris from the Free State. Yes. Oh, he's one of the best people to spend. You in should interview with. him for your I definitely podcast. want to. Yeah, he's one of the best navigation experts. I'm pretty sure you can call him an expert because he, he worked yeah. it as uh, he, he worked on. Uh, I don't know what his profession is, but he did a lot of map work in Lesotho for a long time, scouting areas and plotting maps for companies, mining companies or something. Yeah, I, that's true. I should, I'm, I'm not actually... I should probably he's a chemist, actually. Really? So I don't know how that fits in, but they did do he that. he a break and did yeah, something like that. Yeah. He, he might have had a friend. I'm actually going to speak to him about that because we did that... Uh, and, and I'd like to... We can finish up after this. I, I know <laughs> you, this might be a bit long for you, but... Uh, we did an adventure race with him in Paris. Yeah. And you'd be running in the middle of the night and it's like two o'clock in the morning. You got a map out. He looks at it for like two minutes and he's like, okay, cool. I've got, and then you run for about 10 minutes and he says, look out for X. Yeah. And you're just running and then you spot and you're like, okay, Chris, I see. And then he looks up into the sky and he's like, all right, we're close to the, the, the this specific star. We've got to turn right. And we turn right, we look up, and we're underneath the beacon for the adventure race. He's an incredible navigator. You guys had an interesting experience doing an adventure race together? Do, do you mind speaking about that? or is it Yeah, no, no. I feel like the other day I was thinking about it, and it was like I think I've like processed, processed it enough. <laughs> um, but it was quite tough when it happened. Um, no, we were doing adventure race in Swaziland, mm -hmm. and... We were only a team of two because, you know, it's quite difficult to make a team of four in adventure It's difficult to get commitment from four yeah, people. Yeah, and, yeah. And then to try and maybe at least train together or and do compete together. Yeah. 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 And it's um, easier to compete as a couple versus a team yeah, of four. Because yeah. a team of four, those oaks are like hardcore adventurous. Yeah. Not that you guys aren't, but... Um, Handy and I, I mean, we our first adventure race, we won, but it was yeah. just a couple's adventure yeah. race. Um, also, the Expedition Africa thing in Paris. Yeah. It was, it's easier because it's not as competitive yeah. as the, the professional yeah. teams. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, those teams, they have like quite a few people, I think they kind of Rotate can call them. up. I see. Yeah. I see. Um, but yeah, so we were actually, I think we were on like the run 
and then there was still a cycle then that was the race was finished it was like a 120k race okay um so we were like on the second last leg so it must have been quite early in the morning or? no it was at night it was like nine at night oh really Let me... sure. so you guys were doing quite well if you almost finished yeah hmm. when did we start we started in the morning, I think. Yeah, they normally start at 11. Yeah, we started 12. in the morning. So I think there was like 30 or 40 cases of cycling left after that. Okay. Um, But so we were just, I think we were like 3 to 5 cases from the checkpoint where you got your bike. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were just, we were actually, I was really chilled. We were like walking and talking and trying to find, there was some turn that we had to like cross a river. Um, but... We were just, it was like a normal, um, like it's a gravel road, dirt okay. road. Um, so there were actually people hiding on the sides in the grass. And I think they probably were checking out the teams in front of us. Because we, we were kind of, we were close to the front, but not like in the front. So mm -hmm. maybe we were the first team that kind of looked vulnerable. Because everyone else, I think, was in teams, teams of four. Of four. Mm. Um, so they basically just jumped onto us from the sides um, when we were like um, in between them and yeah it was quite tough or it's I didn't immediately realize what was what going was on because yeah. no one thinks oh I'm in a race now someone's gonna like if you if I was walking on my own in Swaziland in the night I would have been like more aware that <laughs> something spray yes. out like that yeah, yeah, but now that. you mm. kind of have this false sense of security because yeah. you in a race like mm. no one will attack you in a race sure. but um so kind of they grabbed me i think it was three guys and i had like two pangas and a knife and then chris managed to run away i think it, his mind went into gears a bit quicker than mine yes um and he said he was like running and he, someone was like running behind him and I thought it was me. And then I looked around and it was like one of the guys chasing him. So then he's like stopped and turned around. Um, but they were just trying to get our stuff. Um, so like grabbing, trying to pull my, but it, I had like one of those running vests on. So it's not just like okay. grabbing the backpack. Yeah, off. It's like kind of stuck on. Mm -hmm. But anyways, and... Yeah. Um, Chris, what, I think, um, did, did they not hit him with a panga? Because I yeah, saw yeah, bleeding a bit. Yeah, on. they, no, he went like that, like, I'm surrendering, and then they hit him on his forearms. But it wasn't deep, so I'm not sure if it was just very blunt, or if it was just the wrong, wrong side, side of the panga. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. I also had, I can't remember exactly what happened. Mm. I just remember that also hit me and I thought it's like your your body and your mind's kind of in disconnect because I thought um, I was like stabbed. But then afterwards I'm like, no, I was just hit with something blunt. It wasn't like I, I was cut, mm. but I couldn't, um, like I couldn't read it in that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the the one guy was threatening me with rape and that kind of thing. But then luckily, I think maybe they just got scared because obviously other teams was also going to come. Yeah. Um. So they just took our stuff um, and then they wa Chris was like, no, just take my bag, please leave us alone. And then apparently, funny thing is, he was like taking off his... his 
um, headlamp also to give it to them. And then apparently I was like, no, please, you can't take my headlamp. I can't see you. <laughs> I can't like run away without it. And so they actually didn't keep his headlamp oh, really? as well. Okay. So then we just ran away. Um, to but, the checkpoint or, or no well so we were now we didn't have a map or a map or a compass or <laughs> anything so we we just ran like for the first i don't know five minutes we were just like running for our lives basically and and you run sub four minutes there i'm sure yeah and I, I don't make light of it because yeah. th that happened to us when we were 18 not exactly yeah. like that um, but we were stuck in a squash court yeah and as we were going out it was blowing off steam final matric exams yeah. myself and two friends uh they, they uh we got outside smashed our window with a nine mil pulled us into the squash courts tied us up e took all our clothes yeah. off threatened for hours to shoot us and all that stuff yeah. and then they left and they said we, they're going to come back to finish off the job they yeah. just need to go sell the car yeah so we broke out of the squash courts and we sprinted e up in our underwear up to the the uh sassel garage yeah. got there completely naked must have looked yeah. weird and uh, I remember running fairly quickly then as well. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yo, no, that's a rough. I, I've been Yo. through that that last yeah. section when you kind of you don't know what's happening. You're trying to get away. Yeah. And you're coming up with a whole bunch of scenarios yeah. in your head, and you, yeah, it, it, uh, it sounds horrible. But but sorry, carry on. Yeah, um, no. So we were just running like down the road but we now actually supposed to turn off at some point to get but then, the river. so, so at, i know at some point we stopped and we're like okay what are we going to do now because mm -hmm. we know we're close but we don't know where to go yes um so we kind of there was a lady there was a house um and this lady just came out of the house i think we shouted and then she just kind of showed us she just kind of pointed in the direction where she saw like the other teams go. Mm -hmm. So then we found the bridge because actually there was a she had to find the bridge otherwise she couldn't really cross. But then this random lady just came out of her house and she's like, go this way. Oh really? She knew that. She I think she just saw the other teams. The other athletes. Yeah. So we were running like really. I think we passed like I don't know five teams or something. <laughs> <laughs> we're just running past everyone, oh, no. and they're just like, "What's going on with these people?" You didn't share anything with them, or no, ask them for help or anything like that. I think we did tell some people, but mostly we just um, ran to the um, the checkpoint. checkpoint. But I remember when we got there, it was so weird because you feel I don't know what I don't know exactly what's going on, but you're like so scared and freaked out and you feel like people can clearly see it but they can't because we got there and i mean chris is bleeding we got there and now this lady is like congratulating us like you guys are doing so well and we literally just standing there like not so we don't even know what to say we don't even have backpacks anymore you're supposed to have like this whole kit with you <laughs> we're just like and we're getting all this like wow because I, I don't know we ran out we ran ourselves into like i don't know fourth place or something oh, <laughs> so, so goodness yeah that was weird but then i think we started talking so then they everyone got freaked out and yeah and and how long did it take you to get the confidence to sort of go on adventures again and and has it made you a little bit more wary yeah no definitely it, it it's it's insane because I think I felt a lot of like it's difficult to deal with in the sense that okay nothing much happened to us like we're so lucky mm -hmm. and then you don't want to 
kind of you don't want to turn it and because you feel like and especially in South Africa, so many people go through so much more yeah worse things with worse so outcomes you and, and feel kind of like like you shouldn't be feeling what you are feeling mm. or kind of guilty um yeah so it's it's difficult and also i don't know i experienced i don't know if you experienced it but i've i know it comes from a good place but i feel like people keep kept on telling us how what we should have done to do it better right and to like escape and to like not give up our things and like why didn't you fight why don't you scream why didn't you talk to them until the next team comes why don't you run faster like and i know it's yeah like i said I, it's not from a malicious place but mm. if people keep on saying this thing this thing that's what you're like okay i don't know why why didn't i realize that i was yeah, until yeah. you're in that situation, you don't know how you're going to react. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunately happened. Sorry, he's looking for attention. <laughs> um, Go look for Leia. Um, but until until you're in that situation, it's 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 happened to me two or three times. Unfortunately, in those kinds of situations, yeah. uh, we were cycling to Hard to Be As Put Down from Joburg once, and we were about 40, 50 k's into the cycle, and two guys jumped out of the bush with nine mils and yeah. also stole everything from yeah. us and we flagged a car down and I phoned a friend of mine to come pick us up but you know people people will often say okay but they would never shot at you so why yeah. don't you just carry on cycling yeah. and your brain switches off during those times and you you have one of two I think everyone says you either yeah. you have a flight of, or, or fight yeah. mode and you never know what the best way of reacting is until you're in that situation Clearly, the best way of reacting was the way that you reacted because you're still here. Yeah. And and that's the most important thing. And um, you know, I think often, it, hopefully, especially in the outdoors, it's more a opportunistic thing yeah, as yeah. opposed to like a house in uh, in Brock or yeah. you know, where someone goes out of their way to break into your home yeah. at night. Yeah. Two very different situ yeah. situations. I mean, having grown up in Limpopo. That's happened to us. Um, someone's just walked into a house in the middle of the night and, and stolen stuff out of the yeah. house. And those are very different situations to an outdoor environment where you're running and it's an opportunistic kind of yeah. theft. So you hope that those kinds of interactions do lead uh, to just taking the stuff and then leaving Yeah, it. supposedly. <laughs> supposedly. Yeah. And it's horrible that it's happening more now so than... than and I think it will, uh, with the pandemic, a lot of people have lost their jobs and yeah, will become a yeah. lot more desperate. Uh, I saw a couple of posts this morning, one lady even on LinkedIn, it's like my husband's just been mugged in Pretoria in the middle of the day, uh, uh, in Pretoria Street, yeah. which is like a well-known busy area. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't make things easier when you're going through those experiences and then people are telling you how yeah, you should have reacted. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just how you reacted was the right way because, like yeah. I said... But what's also scary, because I realized, like, it did affect me a lot afterwards. Mm. Um, I remember the first time I went running. I started running, and then I ended up running at, like, sprinting speed, because I just felt like someone was chasing me. Mm. And also, like, dodging everyone on the side of the street, that side of the street. Yeah. And even, like something uh, i don't know it's so stupid but like i had a top on from cotton on mm -hmm. 
So then I went back into the cotton. I think that top was stolen for some reason. Yeah, anyways, I, la I lost that top with the, the um, whole situation. Mm -hmm. Then I went back into the same cotton on where I bought it and I just started crying and I couldn't... Mm. And it's like, it doesn't even make sense, no. but... It's how your body reacts and how your mind reacts to these kinds of situations. I'm sure psychologists yeah. could probably explain it to us better, but I had a similar experience. I mean, we had, uh, my dad and I used to play golf when I was young. Yeah. And uh, the guy who used to caddy for my dad um, would work, my dad in a music shop as well, so he'd work for my dad. And I knew him as a very well-known, recognizable face in my life. Yeah. But he reminded me of the guys that mugged us. Yeah. I had similar facial features. And I... I mean, I didn't say anything to him. I just moved behind my dad. We were walking in the mall and we saw him. I just kind of moved behind my dad. Yeah. My dad's not a very big guy. He's quite short. <laughs> uh, so I kind of cowered behind him. And I just started shaking uncontrollably. Yeah. So it's weird how your body reacts and your mind reacts to those kinds of yeah. situations after it happens. But I'm glad you're still here with us. Um, <laughs> I know I'm not making light of the situation. It couldn't have been nice. But I, 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 I do appreciate you sharing that, that story with us because it's not something easy to go through, I'm sure. Yeah, no, ugh, I couldn't really talk about it for a long time. Oh, okay. Um, like, yeah, but now it's kind of like a story I can tell. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just made me realize like how much so many people like is going through because if like that affected me so much. Um, yeah. Oh, other, other things. People, yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, so... Well, I'm, I really, you know, I hope that uh, you, you get back out into the mountains and do these adventure races again, because they're a lot of fun. Um, yeah, they did, are. You didn't take part in the Madagascar or the Reunion Islands no, one? No, no. Because Dieter, a friend of ours, did that. Yeah, um, that time I was, like, still in a moon pit. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. He asked us to, to do it, and we really wanted to, but it's, it's, it's quite a pricey thing to yeah. do as well, so we had to watch our finances during that time. But, yeah. But definitely something that I want to do again yeah me too mm. i like it's not that i'm not scared to do adventure races mm. it's more like pangas also bring me out <laughs> i can imagine for good reason yeah mm. and just it's difficult i find it difficult now to, to if i see someone on a trail i like mm -hmm. kind of have a moment of like pause and what should i do now mm. run past them run back yes. uh, yeah yona i think these kinds of things happen Far too regularly, but not as often as people think. I mean, the, yeah. the trails are, you know, relatively safe. A lot of people, um, you know, uh, put a lot of attention and care into hiking in bigger groups. And, you know, don't go running by yourself. Uh, apart from the obvious dangers of slipping and falling yeah. and not having anyone to phone. Yeah. Uh, you know, be wary in the mountains. Yeah. They are special, but, you know, they do come with dangers, often human and... Uh, yeah, you know. I think there's still a lot of places okay you should probably shouldn't go on your own mm. there but the more remote places i mean like see the big i would feel um safe completely too. safe mm. even like yonkashu because there's like entry permits that you have to yeah, get to get in table mountain is just like okay now i'm talking about something else but like devil mountain is just different because anyone could go but and it's in the city didn't you, Handy told me that you went running up Table Mountain, up Platicliff, in the yeah, middle of the... Yeah, I also had a situation there. In the middle of the, probably like four o'clock in the morning, because it was still dark, so four or five in the morning? I or? think it was later, 
I think it was just before sunrise, but yeah, I just got a bad feeling because um, people, there was a guy that asked me, where's my dog that I went past? And then he started chatting at people that's higher up. I see. And then they started putting on lights and stuff and they started coming down. So I kind of felt like they were trying to trap me. Yes. Um, but I didn't know what they were saying because they were um, speaking another language. But then... I, I turned around and started going down and then when I got back to the guy that I went past I kind of stopped and kind of looked at him and he also stopped it that was also I was like why is he stopping when I was mm. talking why isn't he just walking past me like a normal person mm. um so that time like flight mode kicked in I just started like running off the trail into the bossa where did you finish up? Because Andy's telling the story and I'm like, how is this possible? Because you were there to do trail climbing. I went through. from, so oh, that was on Planet Clip. I ended up on India Fence there. <laughs> and how far up were you? Do you remember? So I had to go down a bit to be yeah. able to. But above the contour path. So you yeah, did... yeah, I was way above the contour path. <laughs> so you definitely did some sort of climbing route. I, I know I had a lot, I had a lot of like um, scrambling. scrambling yeah, um, oh goodness. But even on that part where I was still like next to, so I immediately went off the trail, mm -hmm. um, but I, I went down quite a bit, but I was just like jumping down and like grabbing onto trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny what you do when you're scared. <laughs> yep. And then I got on India Fenster and then there was this guy and when I saw him, I just started crying because there was an obvious hiker. Yes. Um, and then he's, he's like, not believing me. That, that you just came from Platinum. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, uh, okay, what's wrong if you, like, walk, continue on. So, yeah. Aye. But I think everyone, if you spend enough time out there, you'll, like, run into these kind of situations. Yeah, unfortunately. But I, I do appreciate you sharing those scary stories. You were very scared to, not scared, but nervous of doing the podcast. Yeah. I, I appreciate that you did it. And, I think it turned out yeah, really well. You, you shared some interesting you. stories and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you um, for having me. <laughs> absolutely. You're a special person in my life and Hanley's life and the, your dance family's life and I appreciate you and your adventures and all the best yeah. with your... How long have you still got with uh, at the hospital? Um, like six weeks. Okay. Yeah. Good luck. Stay thank safe. Thank you. Um, thank you for all the hard work that you're doing. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure you, you feel proud to... to, to to do this kind of work. Yeah, and, I know. Yeah, stay safe. Thank you.